Hi, welcome to Haven. This is a podcast that's a safe space for curiosity and conversation. I'm your host, Haven, and today I am curious about Botox. So today I'm curious about Botox, aka body modifications, aka self-image, and I'm 31, so all of my friends were just asking each other, like, do we do Botox? Is now the time? Is it preventative? Did I already need it and I'm behind on it? So it's just a topic that's come to mind that I think is the greater discussion of why we even do things. Why do we even change things about ourselves? So taking it back, my initial thought is I don't think any of us are born thinking about our bodies. I think that's taught. I think that's something where whatever your nurture is around you, that all of a sudden becomes something that is good or bad and there are labels on there. But I actually think that we're born with body neutrality. Not even really body positivity, but just it is what it is. And then outside, these things come to pass of deciding for us from an outside perspective of what's acceptable or not. So I don't think we ever go back and question is this really true? The thing that I heard and was embedded growing up that either my parent or a caretaker or a friend or even like a casual kid at school said to you. And for me, what I try to do as an adult is I'll ask myself, if no one told me to care about this, would I care about it? What made me think about it is this part of our body that no one talks about, but we all have, which is this elbow skin right here. The technical term is actually a weenus. If someone told me that this skin was a problem, I would all of a sudden be thinking about it. I, I guarantee there would be surgeries out there now dedicated to help you remove from that embarrassing like elbow skin. But outside of that, would you ever have noticed it? I think that way about cellulite. If someone didn't tell me it was an issue, I don't think I would have noticed it or cared about it on my body. Now there's a difference where, you know, I didn't have great eating habits for post-college times, and I was feeling uncomfortable and bloated. Society didn't have to tell me <laughs> to care about that. I cared about that because it didn't feel good in my body. And when I got out of college, my first job, like professional full assistant job, was to a CFO. And he was very generous, and he was very food-motivated. So every day I would offer, like, can I bring you some coffee? And he was like, yeah, why not? And why don't you get something for yourself? And when you're young and you're broke, someone's offering you a vanilla latte, you're getting a blueberry muffin too. And you're getting it heated up. And you're getting it every day. And then lunch, what you're suggesting is what you want to eat. Like, doesn't it sound, doesn't a baked, loaded baked potato sound amazing today for lunch? What if I got that for you? And they're on board, you're on board, someone's paying for it. Eight months later, your pants don't fit. I'm speaking from experience. <laughs> and... So if your pants don't fit, okay, get new pants. For me, I also am a little bit of a hustler. I had another job previously where I worked at anthropology one day a month just for the discount on the clothes. I wanted to build an amazing wardrobe. So I was like, I can't get new pants because I don't work there anymore. And it was the whole era of that was my style. And I wanted to keep the clothes I had. So what I did was, I guess I got to learn how to work out. And there was a person down the hall who was amazing, very bro-y, very gym rat, 
so helpful where I said, I don't know anything. Can you teach me how to work out in the gym? And he was so gracious. I didn't really know much about nutrition. Um, I probably still wouldn't do as much protein as he recommended (laughs) because we have different goals for what we want for health. But it was so helpful to me. That, though, the reason I told that very long story is my motivation was internal. And I think that's ultimately what we need to kind of question and be curious about for ourselves is where is the motivation for you to modify your body coming from? Is it from an outside voice telling you you're not good enough? Is it from an internal thing that's maybe bugged you about your body that over time, if you changed it, you would feel better? I don't know. Like those are the questions that I want to consider on there. But regardless of where you land in the spectrum of body acceptance, one practical thing that I've done is take two pictures of yourself just for your own your own records of one if you love your outfit you look amazing it's a great pose then relax your body for the second one and don't stand perfectly posed they're both you they're both representations of you one's not the real you one's not the fake you they're both you and that's a practical way of how to celebrate who I am as worthy Outside of whether something is going to look amazing in a picture or whether something looks unflattering in a picture. It's just you. It is what it is. So here's something else that I noticed, though, when I was on that journey for fitness and health is I would get complimented once I got to a point of losing weight. And they're like, wow, you look so thin or amazing or whatever. And it actually started to bother me. And I told them, what I'm actually going for is healthy and just leaving it at that because I had friends around me. I had coworkers around me that I know were hearing those and hearing that this was a value people had. And then even the internal thought of, oh, if you notice this and you're complimenting me, then you noticed me before and maybe you were judging me about it. You know, it doesn't feel great even if someone's intention is to make you feel better. But there are other people listening in the room and it just kind of validates this concept of if you lose weight, awesome, period. There's no other reasons why you're losing weight. You don't know why someone's losing weight. They could be stressed. They could be malnourished. They could have a health issue. Or it could be something that they're really proud of and working really, really hard for. Also, if someone's overweight, you don't know why. They could have a difficult relationship to food or a childhood trauma. Or I had a friend who was sexually assaulted and she started gaining weight after that almost as like a subconscious protection so you never know why someone's gaining or losing weight so be careful when you're talking to them about it if you want to compliment someone just say you're looking really healthy or if you've seen that they're trying really hard it's wow you've put in a lot of effort and discipline I admire that about you I remember being with my mom when I was little. We were just driving through the neighborhood, and she saw some woman we didn't know who was just running. And she was overweight, and she was running really hard. And my mom, I could tell, had deep empathy for her in that moment. She she prayed out loud, and she was saying, Lord, I I hope you help that woman lose weight. I can tell she's trying really hard. And I that clued me in that my mom resonated with that woman and could understand what it felt like and how hard it could be. And I also don't think it's just a female problem. I've had conversations with male friends who 
also deal with this. It's just not as talked about. You know, one guy who it was really tough for him to gain muscle and he always felt inadequate. And I knew someone else who was always the first to joke about being short. You could tell he didn't want someone else to beat him to the punch. He was going to make fun of himself first. All of these things. There's, there's expectations and beauty standards on men, too, that are tough. And I don't know who is creating these rules. And I don't know why we're agreeing to them. And I don't know why we're perpetuating them. That's confusing to me. One way that I was thinking about how do we counteract this, I think in the home is one way. Like your internal thoughts, yourself, but also the things that you think about and you talk about in your home. And it made me think of, well, what was the first time I remember someone saying something negative about my body? And a kid told me I had thunder thighs. And I went home to my mom. I was like, hey, mom, no one said this. I don't really know what it means. And my mom was so nonchalant. She said, oh, that just means that you have more muscle, you know, on your legs or something. And I thought, wow, this kid's an idiot. Like, he just complimented my muscles here. Little does he know. Like, I think he meant that as an insult, but he doesn't realize it just means I'm really strong. But what I love about that moment is it takes it back to almost the initial state of body neutrality. It wasn't polar end of like, oh, you are so beautiful, or even curvy is beautiful, and all this. It was just, oh, it is. So that's how I started thinking about my body is, oh, it just is. You know, it's not something that I have to make accommodations or excuses or explain or overvalidate. It just is. And I love that take on it because I was told that I was beautiful growing up, but I was also told that I was smart and brave and a good friend. And I had so many other things of value that to me, what that internalized is what I look like is one of the least interesting things about me. I have so many other things of value. And I also think of when I told my grandmother that I wanted to talk about this topic, she <laughs> asked me, do you think you're qualified to discuss it? And I was like, yeah, like I'm a person with a body who has an image of themselves, a body image. So I do think I'm qualified. And she goes, I don't think you are. And here's why. And she was telling me that if you are a younger female who, she's my number one fan, so she tells me I'm really pretty, who is like that, then no one, no one can relate. It doesn't really matter. And on one hand, I hear what she's saying. On the other hand, I think it's kind of stupid because some of the most beautiful women and men, but especially women I know, can sometimes be the most deeply insecure. And then also some of the people who aren't culturally deemed as acceptable or a beauty standard have unflappable confidence. And I don't know if they're necessarily correlated because also sometimes if you're only praised for your beauty, then you're going to hold on to it at all costs. If anything threatens that that could go away, like aging, or if you get into an accident and there's a scar or any other thing that could potentially cause you to lose your value. And I think that sometimes even a body image, a healthy body image, just comes from validating the other things outside of your body about yourself that you like, that can't really be changed by an outside perspective of, you know, beauty in the eye of the beholder. You're beholding your body. You call it beautiful. Say, I like myself. I like what I look like. I like who I am. I'm a better friend. I am a engaged mother. I work really hard in my field. Those things matter. 
and almost if you put less emphasis on the way that you look and what other people think about you, sometimes it also loses its power too. I also don't really want to come across like I've perfected this because the other day I noticed some of the muscle tone in my legs and I thought, oh, I'm so glad that came back after pregnancy and postpartum because my legs turned to pancakes then. And then I thought, oh, that makes sense of why, you know, walking Disneyland was easier and I was less winded. It's like I'm gaining that muscle back. But then I thought, wow, that gap looks pretty good. And I was like, oh, it's kind of a messed up thought that I even came across my mind that a gap looks good and feels good to have. So also know that those thoughts that come by, they don't have to stay in it. You can say, hmm, that's kind of messed up and then move on. And it might sound a little woo-woo, but what I like to do is I like to thank different parts of my body or like thank you legs for walking and allowing me to be strong. Like thank you stomach for holding two things that matter most to me in the world. Thank you to my C-section scar. You gave me my daughter. Thank you to my stretch marks. You came because I was so hungry with my son and he loves to eat. He got that from me in utero. Like thanking different parts. I read somewhere where it was talking about the way you speak to water or plants, it, the kind words can potentially make them grow. A lot of our bodies are water. I don't know if that's, you know, too out there, but I think there's power in our words and there's power in me giving value to the body parts that allow me to live this life outside of what they look like, but what they are in service to me. My body is in service to me. That's also why I do want health is because I want to have a long life that if I can avoid it, I really don't want to be unnecessary pain. I want to walk Disneyland and not be particularly winded. Like those things matter to me too, but that's an internal drive. It's outside. Even though society is going to bombard me of what's approved and what's not approved, internally I do get to decide that. Because ultimately I'm the loudest voice inside my head. So if I'm looking at my legs and that thought comes up of, oh, wow, that gap looks great, I can ask myself, do I agree with that? Or is that something I've heard? I actually don't agree with that. I don't think it really matters. I don't think it gives me any more or less value, depending on what that is. And I think it's also true of the more we can have positive representation out there for what your body looks like right now in this stage is important. I remember seeing the Lizzie McGuire movie when I was, I don't know, middle school, and I thought, oh, she kind of looks like me. She's out there in Italy living her best life, having a romance that ultimately sucked, and she went with her best friend, which I think is the right move overall in general. But she was going on Vespas and singing and becoming a pop star, and she looked like me, and I thought that was great. So I think we need more even overall body type diversities out there of all types because don't get me started in how a thinner woman is less of a real woman too. I think that's kind of stupid as well. A curvy woman is real. A thin woman is real. Anything in that vein. If you have a body, it's a real body. Point blank. So when I'm thinking about Botox, I ask myself, do I care about it? Does it bother me? If my forehead moves, does it bother me if I get wrinkles? And for me, no. But for some of my friends, it's going to be yes. And then more power to you. Go for it. 
I think it's great. But for me, I'm expressive with my eyebrows. I don't want that to go away. <laughs> but outside of that, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I had a friend over and she was playing with my little three and a half year old on the couch. And my daughter looked at her and she goes, oh, you have a rainbow on your forehead. Like talking about her forehead wrinkles. And she wasn't saying it as a good or a bad thing. She just was noting it. And I actually loved that response because she sees someone who's being expressive back with her. I see a friend who deeply cares about my kids and is on her level and giving her emotional engagement. Someday, sadly, my daughter will probably hear that that's a bad thing and that it's not really approved and all the negative connotation, but not today. Today she just sees my friend with a rainbow on her forehead, and I love that for her. So how I want to talk to my daughter about her body is I don't want the first identifier to actually be about something outwardly. Even if she's coming out like, how do I look? I would probably say, wow, what a great outfit you put together. You're so creative. Or those shoes, I bet you can run so fast in them. Why don't you show me? And then ultimately I may even add, you look really pretty in that dress. I love your smile. It's a, it's a balance of mixing it in together. Or even, again, not a gender thing, my son. He gets compliments a lot on how cute and handsome and how much riz he has, which basically, if you're over 30, that means charisma. I ask. I, I know this because after about four people saying it, I eventually had to Google it because I didn't know what it meant. So if you're watching this on TikTok, you probably do know what it means. But my son gets complimented a lot. And I don't want him to be pigeonholed as like any of his values based on that. He is so much more than that. He is active. He is engaged. He is so smart. He is so jolly. And these are all attributes that can't be taken away from him or can't be deemed as good or bad outside of his body. I also like to ask my kids when they come out, how do you feel in that? Because I want to build up for them internal voices that matter, even more than me, externally as their mom. I want to know how do you feel? Like, do you feel proud that you picked out that outfit? Do you feel pretty that you did your hair in that special way? That matters too. I want to build up where ultimately they're the deciders of whether they like something or not. I also, I had a workout class this week. And one of the trainers, he's great. I've gone to him for a couple weeks. But I kind of get bothered when he says things like, oh, we're doing this for the cheat meals or for summer bodies and those kind of little snippets. And I have enough of a relationship with him where afterwards I was like, hey, can I give you some feedback? I was like, you may not be aware that like some of your motivation can be really triggering for people. I said, I have loved ones with eating disorders and we live in LA. So many people are already conscious of that, that if you use that as a motivator or a reward, it can get in people's heads even more. I was like, not everyone's here for that. Some people are here for moving their bodies for their mental health for overall longevity I was like it's not a universal motivator but also it's kind of damaging so just FYI I think I said it more casually that sounds way more poetic I think I said it lighter than that but it kind of matters too if someone says something it's like hey are you aware or it's like when someone's correcting you look so thin and it's great actually I'm going for healthy you know thank you so much for noticing we can do those little tweaks we don't just have to take it in and take it in and be on the chin. Or if some, someone's saying something that bothers you, especially if they're a friend, why don't you just tell them? I don't, I don't really want to hear about that. I also opened this up 
for questions on this topic on my Instagram and an email I set up, hello at havenpod.com, and I got some submissions. So I want to read a couple live. The first one is, what do you say to the girls who just want to be thin? And I would ask you, what do you think being skinny will get you? Is it love and acceptance and validation? Then on those terms, that's probably not the love and acceptance and validation that you really want long term in a safe relationship. Or that's a lot of pressure to try and keep up whatever it looks like to be thin since it was gained that way anyways. So I would say ask yourself of what's my motivation? Why do I really want to be thin? And then go from there. Another question is how to support a husband with body dysmorphia. That's a tough one. And I'm really sorry for your husband because that's that's tricky. I would say compliment him on all the things that you love about him outside of his body. Like you're an amazing dad. You're so funny. I love our times together when we're just after the kids are down, us in bed, talking. And all these things that matter. But then also, I don't know, if he's walking around in a towel, be like, wow, you look amazing. And leave it at that. Don't say why he looks amazing. Just tell him he looks amazing. Tell him that you love him. And also that you love him for more than just this body he currently has. I'm not a professional on this. I'm sure there are more specific ways, but I'm saying this as a spouse and a partner that Aaron's loved me, my husband, through five different body types. Who I was when we first met is not who I am today or who I've been in between. My body is just a vessel for my soul that he fell in love with too. So maybe even just tell him of, I really could care less what your body looks like. I fell in love with your soul. And if he has maybe that foundation of, underlying unconditional love maybe he'll start to have it for himself too how to be confident versus conceited the world tells us be beautiful but don't act like you know it Um, I think that's dumb I think you can be beautiful and say you're beautiful today when I was getting prepped for this I was putting on my makeup and my daughter likes to kind of play with some of my fun colors I have as I was putting on my makeup I was telling my daughter like oh mommy's beautiful I just use makeup for fun. It's so fun to put makeup on. And you're beautiful. But isn't it fun to wear makeup? So tell yourself you're beautiful. Tell the people around you that they're beautiful. I don't think it's conceited. I think when you take it a step further and think you're better than other people or think that you deserve other things, that's when it gets dangerous. But just like you would hopefully say, I'm smart. I love being smart. I I don't think there's any difference in there if the way you speak to yourself like a loving, kind friend would. What do you do when you're struggling when your smaller friends don't understand how going out isn't as fun for you? So to me, it's just, again, we're in a culture right now. It's valuing being smaller and smaller. Years ago, it wasn't. Look at old Renaissance paintings. Those women were fuller-bodied with rolls and softness and curves, and that was what was valued. So it sucks to have a different body type in this particular window of time. So first, I just want to acknowledge that you may need to tell your friends, my experience of the world is different than yours right now. You may not even really understand what I mean by that, but you going out and the attention that you get is different for me, and it actually makes it less fun, and I just need you to be aware of it. You don't have to stop going out, 
But I just also need to vocalize that sometimes it's tougher for me, and it would help me if you knew that. Advice on embracing your body as it ages. I don't have the metabolism I had at 19. Our society values youth as like the end-all be-all, but I think if a 15-year-old came to me and said, I do not have the body that I did at five, what the heck? I would be kind of looking at them and saying, yeah, you grew and you matured and you're not going to have a five-year-old body. So I don't know why at 25 we ask ourselves, I don't have the body I did at 15. What's the deal? You grew and you matured. Same at 35, 45, 55. Every age is different. It's just right now our society says the younger, the, again, smaller is better. So I would just say this is my body. And it's a gift that I've aged, and I've been given the gift of a long tenure on this earth. And it's going to behave differently at for me at 31 than it did at 21, than it did at 11, than it did at 1. That's just life. This one's a longer one because it came from email, but it was saying, one of my close friends is always saying, I won't go on a date until I lose weight and I'm skinny. He hasn't been in a relationship in the last four years since he started to gain weight. I want to know how to help him, encourage him, and love himself again. The way I see it, he has put his life on hold because he doesn't think he's enough as he is right now. I don't know. Are there thoughts or suggestions? One, I love that you're asking about your friend. And two, it goes into men deal with this too. You know, it's it's an internal thing of when did the, I would almost ask him, I would ask him if I were you, when did you start putting value on what you looked like in terms of a relationship or a partnership? When did that matter? Was there any instance? Was there any comment where you internalized that if you take up more space or have more weight on your body, then you're not a good candidate for dating? And get curious there because that sounds deeper. That sounds deeper than just what he looks like. And I would say just offer the conversation and see if he wants to take it. And then also just tell him you have so much to bring into a relationship that matters so much. I hope overall you found it beneficial. You can go ahead, eat the fish, spit out the bones of what works for you. My ultimate goal is that it at least got you thinking and curious and if I would take it a step further, I would hope that you would talk to someone else and say, hey, I heard this on a podcast. What do you think about it? I don't know yet. I welcome disagreement. I welcome different ideas or perceptions or opposing thoughts. But I just hope that you at least get thinking and start to really get curious about your internal world and how you view your body and how you came to view your body that way and what you think about. Because ultimately, you are the loudest voice in your head, and you get to change your thoughts. So if you have any other topics or questions that you want to submit, you can email them to hello at havenpod.com. This is my first podcast, so I'm sure I'll have a better ending of liking and subscribing and rating and all of that stuff going forward. But for right now, I'm excited to learn it together. I'm excited to try and find what's my theme, what's my voice, how does this go forward. But mainly, I just want to keep talking and asking questions, so... Thank you for listening. Thank you for giving me the gift of your time. And I hope it resonated in some way with you.